This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's damn true. Gentlemen, you are the top 1%. The elite. Best of the best. You are now listening to the Elite Sports Podcast, brought to you by Vermeil Wines and powered by GASN Sports, the pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk, featuring weekly expert analysis and top-notch interviews. And now, please welcome your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. In one shining moment, you reach for the... <laughs> welcome to the Elite Sports Podcast, Clint Schweitzer, Noah Groniger. Noah, we had a bit of a different idea in mind for this March Madness wrap-up show. It is April. We are launching into the spring and summer months. Things are looking great. The weather's wonderful outside. Just got back from a trip to Vegas. We have Matt Santangelo, former Gonzaga, great coming on this show. And it was all supposed to be to talk about the coronation of the Gonzaga Bulldogs Unfortunately, it was not to be, and as we sit here now, it's going to be more of a what went wrong type situation for us here on the Elite. Noah, we did this all over again a couple of months ago in Tampa, Florida, watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers absolutely slaughter the Chiefs. Two months later, your Gonzaga Bulldogs are in the national championship game in Indianapolis, Indiana. We chose not to make the trip, and we are left to wonder what happened, what if. Take us through it. What's going on? What's going through your mind right now? Well, first of all, the fact that we have Matt Santangelo on is a huge thrill. It's been too long. I reached out to him before the game took place, and I asked him if he wanted to be on the show, win or lose. Uh, and uh, after the uh, game, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I could do this. Matt messaged us this today and yeah. said, hey, are we going to do this, guys? Like, it was a tough game. I, and I'm like, man, I don't know. It's been too long. I just want to see Matt. I just want to talk to Matt. It was tough. I'm not really thrilled about talking about the game, but I want to see Matt. So we're going to have him on today. It's great. It's going to be a fun time catching up with him and talking about all the great things that Gonzaga has going on despite this championship loss. One loss all season. It happened to be in the championship game. Baylor, too athletic, too long, too physical, just too tied to the guards. Guard Gonzaga guards could not get in the paint. They couldn't get anywhere they wanted to be. It felt like they were five feet out from the three-point line the entire night. They just could not penetrate that defense. And Gonzaga's going to have to come up with something. They have great players. They have Jalen Suggs. They've got Joel Ayayi at guard. But the Corey Kisperts and Drew Timmies of the world, how great they are. I mean, all Americans, when it comes down to it, when it comes against teams like Baylor, they can't play defense. You saw them in the pick and roll. Baylor was picking on them, getting Drew Timmy, Corey Kispert in the pick and roll, blowing by them getting to the rim with ease and Gonzaga is going to have to come up with some athletic guys that can play defense and lock down and uh, guys that aren't susceptible on defense like Corey Kispert and Drew Timmy are. And I want to say again, great players, but on the defensive end, that's a struggle for them. It really is. And I think help is on the way for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Mark Few has continued to rebuild this roster and they're already the betting favorites to win the national championship in 2022. So all hope is not lost. This is the second championship game for Gonzaga. 
I don't think that a lot, I mean, you know, what, how many percent, what percent of brackets had Gonzaga winning this championship? Uh, 70. I mean, they were the odds on favorite. It doesn't always work out that way. And it didn't in this case, but a lot of people thought Baylor and Gonzaga, those are the two best teams. They meet for the, in the finals. You can't really, you know, you can't really shake a stick at that because we had no tournament last year. The fact that it went off, it went off without a hitch in Indianapolis. That was a really good concept. It worked out. And Gonzaga has a great recruiting class coming in next year, highlighted by five-star guard Hunter Salas. There's more coming in. Mark Few, to me, is the best coach in the game. It's not close. And we're going to talk to uh, Matt Santangelo coming up about the fact that I think college basketball, that the landscape has changed. Roy Williams is gone. Okay. Uh, Duke and Kentucky didn't make the tournament this year. Bill Self signed a lifetime deal at Kansas, but it was a desperate move by a chancellor that doesn't have an athletic director or a football coach. They're trying to do anything they can to scrape and claw through these NCAA sanctions that are coming. Gonzaga does it the right way. There's no bag men. There's no big, you know, shoe companies, you know, paying the tab for these players. This is all done the right way. And I really want Gonzaga to have this moment at some point. It's going to happen. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the year after that. But uh, for that program, I think that it was still showcased in such a positive light. We saw Jalen Suggs' shot against UCLA, a hard-fought win. Maybe there were chinks in the armor that started to kind of show up in that UCLA game. I thought they'd win that game by 20 points. And then, of course, on uh, on Monday night. But uh, overall, March Madness is in the books. It was a great college basketball season. It was weird. College basketball is so predicated on the fans and you know the, the level of involvement in these arenas, but it's over, it's done with, and it's time to move on. Overall, when you look back at this college basketball season, are you pleased with with uh, the March Madness, with the tournament, everything that went on, other than the, the final game, of course? <laughs> yeah, other than the final game, uh, I was pleased with it. Uh, I was pleased that Duke and Kentucky weren't in it. Get some new faces in there. We saw some runs. Uh, USC went far, obviously UCLA. Uh, a lot of people were picking that Houston was a favorite to be cut out early in this tournament, and you see them make it all the way and uh, play Baylor. And uh, Baylor was too much for them, too much for everybody. But, yeah, I was pleased with it. I'm glad that there's some turnover in college basketball. The landscape is changing, like you said. But I don't think it's as easy as just saying, oh, well, we'll just do what Gonzaga did. And just it's a new day. The blue bloods are going down and just anyone can rise from the ashes. I don't think it's that easy. I think there's something special that happened in Gonzaga. The type of players, the type of family culture and atmosphere that they've built there where players are still tied to that university very closely, welcomed into practice, whoever it may be from that original 98 team that uh, made a run and lost in the Elite Eight to Khalid El Amin and UConn to the current team all the way through all those years. Adam Morrison's calling the games. Matt Santangelo called the games before Adam Morrison has now taken over. Dan Dickow calls games, and he's close to the program. So there's a lot that has been great in the Gonzaga, and we're going to ask Matt Santangelo about that, how this was built, how this was sustained over the years. It's been over 20 years that this program has been going and going strong. We've got to get down to the nitty-gritty and the bottom of it, how Mark Few and these players have attained this magic feat and this magic run that just keeps on going. You mentioned Hunter Salas coming in, the number one point guard, number six overall player in the nation, Chet Holmgren, the number one center, number one overall player in the nation, should be committing to Gonzaga uh, next week. So exciting things happening, Gonzaga. UNC transfer, 
Uh, Kessler could be coming as well. There's a lot that's going on in Gonzaga that should prove that they are the favorites going into next season. Maybe Drew Timmy stays. Maybe Joel Ayayi stays. Andrew Nebhard, uh, Anton Watson. So there's a lot to uh, on the horizon here that Gonzaga's fans should be excited about even after this devastating loss. And we're going to get down to what went wrong in this game. Was this a, a situation where, you know, you know what Baylor did well, the advantages they had, at, especially at the guard position, that it, that it was too much to overcome? Was this an off night for the Gonzaga Bulldogs? We saw, we saw Gonzaga absolutely blow the doors off, you know, teams like Kansas, Virginia, Iowa earlier this year. And so was this, this just a case, too, of, of uh, you know, tired legs after an emotional you know, a victory over UCLA on Saturday night. We're going to get into all that and much more coming right up with our good friend, Matt Santangelo. In fact, you know, you know, it's uh... guys, we have so much still to come here on the elite sports podcast, but we want to take this time to tell you about our new sponsor, 500 level. 500 level is the ultimate sports apparel and fan gear store. And they feature ultra comfortable custom t-shirts for NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and even WWE. I just got a macho man, Randy Savage shirt from 500 Level that has been a conversation starter everywhere I go. 500 Level was created because they decided it was time to create an apparel company that put the fans right in the mix instead of having to outfit themselves with the same old gear from major corporations. 500level.com works with exceptionally talented artists, designers, and diehard sports fans to create unique t-shirt designs for fans to wear with pride. I mean, here in Kansas City, it's time to defend that Lombardi trophy. So stock up in 500 Level's unbelievable inventory of never-before-seen designs for players like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, or even rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You literally can't find that anywhere else. Use promo code KansasCity20 today for 20% off your order at 500level.com. That's promo code KansasCity20 for 20% off only at 500level.com. So it's been a year since we talked to you. We actually broke down the whole uh, Gonzaga heading into the NCAA tournament last year. And then there was no tournament. And now we had much different, uh, a much different show in mind uh, for having you on here today. Uh, But we don't know anyone from Baylor. So Matt, how are you? Welcome to the show, man. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Well, we're, it's not quite 24 hours yet. And I know this is all kind of still fresh in, in the minds of Gonzaga nation and the, kind of the, the entire sports world right now uh, has, has had a chance to kind of marinate with you. What, what is your kind of thoughts now is we're almost a day later and kind of, what is your thoughts on, on, on the whole thing here? Just kind of, kind of give us, give us, just let it out. What, what, what is your thoughts? Yeah. on Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, Baylor was simply better. I don't know. You know, there's no other way to say it. I mean, literally from jump ball to the, you know, first, I don't know, was seven or eight offensive rebounds on the first possession of the game. Like they just, they they were faster. They were stronger. They were, they looked fresher um, and they just played great. So I think, I think I want to lead off with that one because, um, you know, watching the game was of course, you know, painful being tied to Gonzaga, but, I mean, a ton of respect for the level of play that Baylor played at, Um, you know, and then I think the rest of it just, it kind of is just all the the pain of losing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've all been there, right? We've all, we're all great sports fans and uh, have our loyalties to our different teams. Um, And to have so much history at your fingertips for GU this year. um, I don't know if that makes it hurt more or less. It just hurts a lot, you know? And so, um, uh, but like they, Gonzaga was never in that ball game last mm-hmm. night. I mean, literally they were never, ever in that ball game. 
And I think the one thing that's a little bit bittersweet um, is that, you know, every, every talking head or everyone who has an opinion about Gonzaga basketball, a negative opinion about Gonzaga basketball, like everything that they think was proven true. You know, like they said all year long, all the thing, all the knocks that are on Gonzaga were all proven true last night with the speed, the toughness, the ability to create your own shot, the ability to play at the these other power five conferences. Now, Gonzaga had had shut that narrative up all year long. Um, so to, to kind of lose some grip on it in the final game as the kind of part that's a little bit unfortunate for me, because there should be nothing but respect and admiration for what Gonzaga accomplished. Um, regardless of the outcome of last night's game. Yeah, you led me right into that. That's a perfect segue to my next question there, Matt. Does Gonzaga need a championship in any way in terms of that respect that you talked about? Not just for some people in the media, Kenny Smith, but uh, you saw it on social media with a lot of people taking shots at Gonzaga, still calling them a mid-major program. Do you think they need a championship to kind of quell that? I mean, I think they do, but I think also that percentage of population aren't ever going to shut up anyway. Like they're not, they're not trying to see the, the positives to anything. They're trying to troll and they're trying to be annoying. And like, I mean, I'm not a huge Duke fan, but I, I'm not, I don't, not going to hate on them. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't a big Bill Belichick fan or, or Tom Brady until this last year. Now I'm a huge Tom Brady fan, but, um, but you, you can't hate on their success. You know what I, but you like said, our tendency is to be like, try to be like, no, you are, we paint you in a little box. And I think that's more a reflection of the painter, in this case, the people that are trolling or hating, than a reflection of the program that they're trolling or hating. And so, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll shut up that population, but it doesn't make, you know, it's not going to make Zag Nation love them more or less. You know, it's not going to make us loyal to them, more loyal or less loyal to them um, if they win that championship. It's just a, it's just a talking point, you know, because you, if you want to, I mean, there's not a, a program in America that doesn't want to accomplish what Gonzaga's accomplished over the last 22 years. I don't, you know, they, they're not, there's no one that say like, Oh no, I don't want that. They've never won a championship before. I don't, I don't want 22 years of superlative success and excellence. Nah, I'm good. Like that. No one's ever going to turn that down. Talk a little bit about, about uh, you know, what went wrong uh, for the Zags, because it seemed to me that uh, breaking this game down beforehand, it was like, hey, Gonzaga is going to have the advantage inside with Drew Timmy and, uh, of course, uh, Jalen Suggs in, in the backcourt as well, which maybe was going to offset Baylor's advantage, which was their guards, which played phenomenal, of course. But it seemed to yeah. me like from the UCLA game and then last night that, Gonzaga just looked out of sorts. They didn't, they were not a team that turned the ball over all year against UCLA. They were missing front ends of free throws of one and ones. There was just some discombobulation, whereas they look like a machine so often. Was this a case of, uh, you know, you know, Baylor just being really good and executing to the fullest and having those athletes that could kind of offset what, uh, what Gonzaga brought to the table or what, what happened? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think that's a lot of, it. I think is it's not just one guard. I mean, our guards could not get the ball below the free throw line to have a post entry pass to Drew Timmy. You know, the, the handful of times Drew Timmy got the ball and, and turned and scored were off like great passes. But if you, if you, you know, if you watch the game, there was not one thing that was easy for Gonzaga all night long. Like even when they finally got Baylor to miss a shot, they didn't get the rebound. Right. You know, finally, when they finally got in transition, there was a deflection. You know, and even when they they finally got in transition and someone scored, it was like a highlight pass. It wasn't just like a simple play like, hey, this is just easy. Let's go lay it up. Like it was like this 
tremendous angle pass to Drew Timmy, who was able just to turn and score. Like everything was difficult. And so you got to give credit to, again, to Baylor. I mean, they're those guards, all those guards defensively um, kept made life so difficult for GU's guards that we couldn't kind of get to our strength on the offensive end and never got into a flow offensively. Um, I do think there was a little bit of hangover from UCLA, from the UCLA game. And I was actually, I got kind of hot in the moment because uh, listening to Grant Hill talk about the game, he was, and he was trying to compare it to when they beat Kentucky in the Elite Eight game and they had a week. And he was talking about, yeah, it was just so hard for us to, to emotionally get over, bounce back from that Christian Leitner jumper that won the game um, and get ready for the, the final four game. And I started thinking like, Grant Hill, you had a whole week. And you said it was hard. Like Gonzaga had a day. Like <laughs> that's no, that's not the same. Like it's not the same. So you need to, you know, for, heaven forbid a Duke person pay anyone else any respect, but you got to, <laughs> you got to throw some respect out there. Cause, because, you know, cause they had a day to get over it. So I think there was some, you know, hang up, but that's no excuse, man. That's the national championship game. If you're going to be, uh, if you're going to go undefeated, be the best team in college basketball, those are games you have to go out and win. Um, and in that, in last night's case, Baylor was the better team. Yeah, absolutely. Well said there. But I want to know how much would a championship mean to you personally and the other former Zags? Do you think it would mean just that much more to you, Gonzaga alums, than alums of, say, other schools? Because you all had such an immense and integral role in building the foundation as to what Gonzaga is today. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw Casey Calvary today. You know, we were all tech each other before and after the game yesterday and again like it does it's not gonna I guess it's not gonna change how much we you know uh how much we care for each other you know it, basically the the championship for us is an external variable so we can tell you Noah and you Clint like hey screw you guys we, we got a championship you know like but I, I would never say that and so it doesn't change what what we what I think has been built because the nice thing about having our fingerprints on this beautiful thing is that we've been there for every step of the journey. So that's the journey. That's the value, right? Not the, not the result because this journey has been going on long enough and it's been building and building and building long enough that there's tremendous, uh, you know, pride in that. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a matter of if Gonzaga wins a championship, I think they will win a national championship. I don't think that changes anything in our eyes uh, as far as the people that are on the inside, you know, the ones that, that do take, that are so close to the program uh, and believe so much in the program. I think it's more for that external audience that uh, again, like we talked about the external audience that doesn't want to give credit to what, what this amazing run has been over the last two decades. Well, speaking of that, I happened to be uh, in Vegas when uh, Suggs' shot went down against UCLA. And as we look at things uh, today, of course, this is how the world works. The next day after a championship game and we look at, well, next year, the betting odds are out. Gonzaga is the favorites going into next year right now. And so with that said, kind of looking at what this roster might look like, we've seen Mark Few Matt do this just time and time again, losing stars, losing players, and maybe better than anyone in college basketball over the last 20 years, he has just continuously rebuilt this roster. We know five-star guard uh, Hunter Salas is coming in next year. We know the recruiting class is, is top-notch again. We're not sure what will happen with Drew Timmy, some of the other players. Uh, we know Suggs will probably be gone, but what, what do you see yeah. going into next year, and how's Mark Few going to be able to kind of get this thing you know, back on track for next year? 
Well, I think it's going to be really, it's going to come down to Drew and it's going to come down to Nemhard and it's going to come down to uh, Joel uh, and it's going to come down to Anton Watson for that matter, because the one thing Gonzaga has been able to do throughout this entire run is have upperclassmen. They've been able to have upperclassmen that develop over years, Corey Kispert being the example from this year um, that really uh, maintain that culture, uh, you know, teach what those characteristics of being a Zag is all about. Um, and so I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, yes, they're reloading with talent. Um, but what's the impact to the culture? And, you know, the, I've, we've said it enough times, you're never going to replace David Pendergraph. You're never going to be able to replace Mike Hart or Kevin Pangos or DeMontis Sabonis, or in this case, Corey Kispert. Um, and so, you know, that remains to be seen, but it's always been the, the mantle's always been picked up by that another upperclassman that's been around and developed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the makeup of the roster is. But if you get some of those upperclassmen back to Drew Timmy's or Joel or uh, Nemhard and, and Anton, then I feel like you're going to have, you're going to be right back in the conversation because you're going to have the, the senior leader, the upperclassmen leadership and knowledge and wisdom with this young recruiting class and talent. Uh, and then the coaching staff with all their consistency to be able to, to really build them into a team. Um, and so we'll have, just have to see, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, the immediate future holds uh, for some of those guys as it pertains to next year. Well, the rumor mill is hot. It's buzzing. It sounds like from what we're hearing, the number one center, number one overall player in the nation, Chet Holmgren, uh, is going to commit to Gonzaga next week. That's the word on the street there. But what do you think is the impact if he does commit to Walker Kessler, the transfer from UNC center? Do you think that uh, with Gonzaga on his short list, do you think he could team up with Chet Holmgren or is he wanting to go somewhere and be his own center, the own guy in the paint? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Cause I, I would think that they could work together. I think, you know, Drew Timmy then becomes a, you know, the X factor on his decision then, right? Because that's a lot of, that's a lot of firepower and, and three big guys. Um, and maybe that helps Drew kind of extend his game. You know, Chet shirt certainly has guard skills Um but then you, you have to look at style of play. Like, do you want to be, you know, do you want to be the man inside and average 55 points a game? Or do you want to be on a team that is going to average 95 points a game again and, and play a really a great style of basketball on both ends, hard nose defense, but great style offense. And that's what Gonzaga's known for. So that that's, you know, uh, athlete to athlete. I mean, someone six, six will answer it one way. The other six will answer it the exact opposite. Uh, but I think they can exist. I don't know what what Chet is is waiting for. We've been hearing about him committing to Gonzaga now next week for the last six months. You know, like just commit already. You're dri driving us crazy. Um, but you know, you hope that it does, and it just goes to show, uh, you know, the the marketability or the attraction to Gonzaga basketball, and that 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 light's not you know it's not fading at all. Um, and so I think Jalen has shown, Suggs has shown. Uh, what a what a one and done can do um, and how much he got to enjoy the college basketball experience and enjoy Spokane and Gonzaga and, and Hooptown USA. Um, and I think that's a great example and a great, um, you know, uh, gateway for these other athletes to, to look at Gonzaga in this way. So we hope he commits. Um, and if you have to have, you know, three All-American centers playing on the same team. I, that's, I think, just a, something we'll have to figure out. I think we'd, it'd be fun <laughs> to figure that one out.
Well, I'll tell you this, Matt, I think the college basketball landscape is changing and I think it's changing before our very eyes. And I think these FBI investigations and uh, some of this stuff is really caught up. We've seen Roy Williams step away. Um, I I think, uh, you know, someone like Jim Beheim, we're not sure what's going to kind of come of them. Bill Self signs a lifetime contract at Kansas, but that's Kansas's desperation trying to keep this coach that's going to probably get a show cause it's going to get a suspension. That's going to watch it's two or three seasons probably go by without Kansas in the tournament. Duke didn't make the tournament this year. Kentucky didn't make the tournament this year. College basketball landscape is changing. And I think that it's shifting towards Gonzaga, perhaps being that next, uh, you know, program that's on top. And how, how do you feel about just the landscape of college basketball in general? And the fact that the signs really point up to Gonzaga being the team and the fact that Mark few, let's not, forget does it the right way. And I'm not just saying that I'm tired of watching college basketball ran, you know, by, by scams and sleaze, you know, and, and money changing hands and shoe companies I, a program like Gonzaga. I can get behind it, man. That that's what that's yeah. doing it the right way. No, I agree. And I'd argue that, you know, Baylor's the same way that they're, they're a great example of college basketball. And even Good though it's point. the power five conference, but it's a great program coach. I mean, great coaching staff, great culture. Um, but I like, I, I think one of the things the Gonzaga effect has made an impact on is exactly what you're saying. You can win from anywhere. You no longer have to be a blue blood university to win, to compete and win a national championship. It just that, the, I think those, those days are gone. And I think another great example of that is Shaka Smart going to Marquette. He left Texas to go to Marquette because you can win from anywhere. Right. I mean, he, he didn't have tremendous success in Texas, but he wanted to go to a basketball school. He wanted to go to a place where basketball was the priority and he could build that culture accordingly. And so I think you are seeing you're going to see this um, uh, continued uh, parity in college basketball um, around who, who the teams are at the top of the you know, top of the rankings year in and year out. And it doesn't have to be the, the same five that have been there for a generation. Absolutely. And Matt, I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's important to remember where this program came from. It would have been thought impossible or crazy back in the 90s to say Gonzaga is going to be one of the premier programs in the nation. Just how did Gonzaga's success not only happen, but how has it maintained itself through the test of time? Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's a testament to Coach Few. Um, I know when we when we were able to go to kind of that initial launch into the national consciousness and the 99 Elite Eight and then my senior year to the Sweet 16, I know in between the 99 and 2000 uh, seasons, we were really, really um, adamant, like articulating. We wanted to be more than just a one and done. Like we wanted to transition from being a good team that got, you know, got that had a good run into March Madness um, to being a good program. Like when we left after our senior year, we wanted to be known as a good program, or at least the seeds have been planted for a good program. I think, you know, Coach Few has had a couple things that make him really unique. A lot of things make him really unique, but a couple that stand out to me is he's had an unwavering belief uh, in what he can accomplish from Spokane. You know, it's why he didn't go to greener pastures, you know, when he had the opportunity to. Um, He said, why can't we win it from right here? Why can't we get the investment? Why can't we, uh, uh, you know, have that expectation and then live up to the expectation? So that's entirely coach view. And then the second piece of that is tremendous consistency. Um, you know, these last couple of years, Coach Few has just been so uh, uh, gracious with the media, like so 
trying to enjoy the moment. It looked like he was, you know, he's enjoying his, his journey here at this phase of his coaching career. Um, but he's never too up, never too down. And the most important game to him is the one right in front of you. It could be, you know, San Diego in Spokane in the middle of January. That's the most important game of the season because it's the one right in front of him. And he coaches like that. It's just, it's really, really disciplined and it's really consistent. So I think that that is, those are the reasons why. Um, and then the uh, administration around them, the athletic department and the university, being able to cultivate those relationships and make those connections with people that are willing to give uh, in big numbers to the universities, to, to invest in facilities, to invest in uh, travel, to invest in all those things that, so when you come to visit Gonzaga, there's schools can't recruit against you. Oh, you don't want to go there. Like they, they still travel commercial. Well, no, they don't. Oh, you don't want to go there. They don't have a practice facility. Yes, they do. They don't have a Nike contract. Oh no, they got the best Nike contract, you know? So like they have knocked down all those barriers that people can kind of sell against GU. Oh, they don't play on T. Oh, they, I mean, every 95% of the games are on ESPN, you know? And so every one of those, they can kind of uh, knock down those barriers, but it's been that steady climb of, because of that initial belief. Why can't we do it from here? Why can't we get the resources? And then that wonderful consistency of, this game is the most important one because it's the one in front of us and we got to go win it. And those two things have created all this other, you know, all the other um, bright lights and bells and whistles. Well, Matt, we always appreciate the insight, man, especially after a, a tough game. And we, we thought we were going to probably do a different show today and that's not how <laughs> yeah. sports works all the time. And we, we yeah. can't thank you enough for doing it with us and all through the years, man, it's a, it's always a pleasure. So thank you so much. And we'll definitely have to catch up as we, as we head into, into next year and more good things certainly coming the way of the Gonzaga Bulldogs. So we appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's always good to see you guys. And I look forward to the next time. Absolutely. It's always an honor, Matt. Let's get check committed and go Zags. <laughs> yeah, go Zags. Well, that's it, Noah. We can put a bow on the college basketball season that didn't end the way Gonzaga fans uh, wanted it to play out. But I think that there is so much hope for college basketball. I think I took away so much more from this season. And that's that I like where college basketball is heading. Now, there's some things about it that I still don't love. I don't love a thousand players in the transfer portal. I do like giving players options. I just think that this is kind of crazy when you have a guy like Xavier Pinson at Missouri that's in the transfer portal and wants to go play at Arkansas or, or Auburn, like in conference trading. And by the way, Missouri traded players. Missouri traded Mark Smith to K-State for this Gordon guy. I don't like that. Are you just trading players from the portal? Like, But overall, I like where college basketball is heading because I think, I think that quite honestly, the Bill Selfs, the Mike Krzyzewskis, uh, the John Calipari's, the Roy Williams is gone. I think that they've thrown their hands up. They're like, we're, we're in trouble. I don't know that they think that they can pull this off in this climate. Oh, we can't cheat. We don't have guys paying $10,000. It's not that they paid players because I think that that happens almost everywhere in some form or fashion. I think it's the fact that they were paying $10,000, $15,000 for guys coming off the bench for the Silvio de Sosa's at Kansas, you know, those guys were making money. We're as somewhere like Missouri or, you know, Rutgers or Iowa, they're not making money. I'm sorry. They're not. So 
I like where college basketball is heading and it was, it's always been, I've had such a soft spot for it. I've enjoyed the sport so much, but the last 10 years, I've seen myself kind of gradually distance from it for whatever reason, whether it be officiating, whether it be one and dones and a lot of things, I think that we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I mean, like you said, I think some of these coaches are throwing their hands in the air. You mentioned it, Coach K, Calipari, Bill Self, because I was looking at the 2021 commits and it is littered with different schools. When before it was a couple of Duke, couple of Kentucky, couple of Kansas, it's like one Kansas, one Duke, one Kentucky, then there's a Georgetown. And Gonzaga has a couple now. Gonzaga's being the hot item. Like there's a Clemson, there's a Florida State, there's a Florida, there's an Arkansas. I mean, it is there's a wide variation of schools in the top like 20, 30, 40 players were used to, used to be dominated by the Kentuckys and Dukes and North Carolinas. You're not seeing that anymore. And that's why I think we're going to see some level of parity happen over college basketball over the next 10, 15 years. Well, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft coming up in future shows. In fact, we have a very special guest coming up uh, on the Elite Sports Podcast. One of my favorite corner prospects in this entire draft, Israel Mukaamu, is going to be coming on to talk with us about, you know, what what he's been hearing. He's a six four corner from South Carolina, and uh, his running mate J.C. Horn is noted by many as the top corner in this draft. So we're going to see where things shake out uh, with him. Kind of get his uh, perspective. He signed with Steinberg Sports. We're good friends with Lee Steinberg, Chris Cabot. Of course, uh, those, uh, that agency represents Patrick Mahomes here. So we're going to get into some NFL draft because for us, football never quite goes away, man. So we don't know that we're up for this whole Major League Baseball 162 games thing. Um, I just don't know that there's any traction for that on the podcast. So we're going to skip ahead and go into some football coming up here. And I'm looking forward to talking some draft coming up. Last year, we got on the conference call with Mel Kuyper hoping that we get a chance to do that again and that maybe we can bring you some really top-end draft coverage coming up. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be exciting. Uh, it's always great to talk to Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay, anybody that's really knowledge- knowledgeable in the draft. Uh, get a feel for where some of these players are going to go. It looks like maybe four quarterbacks could go, one, two, three, four, right off the top of the board. And uh, it's going to be great to catch up with Israel uh, when we uh, reveal that podcast to you guys because – like Clint said, he's one of our favorite corners in the draft. I remember in 2019, he intercepted Jake Fromm three times. Georgia was number five in that game. He picked him off three times. They end up winning the game 20 to 17. South Carolina does in overtime. So we're going to see where he goes. A lot of people are saying he's a Brandon Browner type. I think he's more fluid in the hips. He can move. He can run. Brandon Browner was more of a physical guy. So definitely looking forward to hearing his name called, and hopefully it's with the Chiefs. Guys, thanks so much to listening to us here on the elite sports podcast. We have, you know, it's been a tough year for everyone. And looking back at some of the interviews we've been able to do on this podcast, we can't uh, thank all of our guests enough. And that's why we are the elite. That's why we call the show, the elite. This is about the elite interviews and the, the people we like to, you know, we like to really, you know, cast a wide web, you know, whether it be Tito Ortiz, Kurt Angle, Matt Santangelo, Jim McMahon, uh, Dick Vermeil, some of the great interviews we've done this year. We thank everybody for tuning into those. It's what keeps us going. And I hope you'll go check us out and hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, any way you choose to take in the show. The website, as always, GASNsports.com. We are the Great American Sports Network. We are powered by the Great American Sports Network, which is our uh, little piece of the uh, internet sports world. You can check us out online, uh, of course, on social media at GASNsports on Twitter. Guys, thanks so much. Check us out uh, next time here on The Elite. We thank you so much for joining us as always. 